Welcome to the Right Way Christian Center podcast. Here at Right Way, we exist so that people may know God personally, grow in God relentlessly, and show God compassionately. We hope that you grow because of this message today. Amen. Amen. All right. I want to take about the first five minutes at the top of this to talk about our fasting that's coming up. We're going to be doing 21 days of fasting. That's going to be from January the 3rd to January the 23rd, straight 21 days. Um, our fasting requirements will be there will be no eating from sunup to sundown. Now, sunup to sundown for us is 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Come on, say 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. I know the sun goes down about 5.20, 5.30, but that's not the sundown time for you. Sundown for us is going to be at 6 p.m. Let me also say this. If I'm your pastor and, and, and you're following the leading of this house, then I'm, I'm, not, I'm asking you not to make fasting an option. I'm trying to decide whether or not I want to do it. No, no. I'm, 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 I'm telling you to do the fast because it's going to be beneficial for you. You know, uh, with, before COVID, before COVID even uh, uh, happened, we knew, knew nothing about COVID. I was up here preaching, and I just stopped in the middle of my message and said, I, don't, I can't tell y'all what lies ahead. I just heard Holy Spirit say, you need to up your vitamin C, and you need to up your vitamin D because there's something coming. See, God was preparing us ahead of time. Now, some folks just ignored me and, you know, he don't know what he's talking about and all that other type of stuff. Well, then, then, you know, fine, fine. But I know I heard God, and I'm telling you, fasting is not one of my loves. <laughs> it, you know, I, I fast when the Lord tells me to fast. And so the Lord told us that we needed to fast, and so that's what I'm telling you. Now, our core fasting, matter, matter of fact, uh, um, and Roxanne, I'm sorry, I just thought about this when I got up here. Do you, who doesn't have, who did not receive a fasting flyer? Are we out of them? We are. Okay, so we got to do something about that. Okay. Before, okay, all right, all right. So they're getting some more. So let me read these, and we'll have some for you on your way out. You'll be able to pick those up. Our, our fasting objectives is we're fasting for spiritual. Well, let me go back because I didn't tell you our requirements. Sun up to sundown, no sweets. No sweets. The entire fast, no sweets, right? No, no chocolate-covered custard Krispy Kreme donut. Glory to God. Oh, that sugar rush. Sugar rush, I tell you, Lord Jesus. That's okay. But no, for 21 days, no, no sweets. And listen, you have to give up something personal for yourself. You got it? You've got to give some up. You've got to make that decision. What is something that I'm going to give up personally for 21 days? Now, I can already tell you, some of y'all need to be with me. It need to be that social media. Some of you just need to cut it out. And maybe find somebody else. My team, they're even, they're taking it away from me now anyway, so I don't have to worry about that as much. They post stuff now, and so that's good. You need to figure out that one thing. Now, at the morning service, one of the members came up, and her, she and her husband, and she was pregnant, and she said, well, what am I supposed to do? I said, yeah, well, you definitely can't, you cannot, not, that's a double negative I know, eat, sorry to my English teachers, but I say, um, uh, but what you have to do is find something else you can give up and replace of. Right, so if that's your, your, that's your condition, you are a, a, a mother, soon-to-be mother, well, of course, I don't expect you to not eat because you have another, you're responsible for another child that you have to feed. But you can still participate in that there's something else you can give up. You may need to, you may need to give up TV. You may know no Real Housewives or, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I just, 
little shade, but you may want to give that up for 21 days. You got to find something else you can add to that. If you're on medication, and I'll give you an example of, a, of the plastic plate that has three sections, right? If you're on medication, you say, well, I can't fast because I take medicine. Well, fine. That don't mean you can't fast. You just need to eat enough to take your medication, right? So if we're talking about a plate and that plate has three sections, to eat enough to take your medicine don't mean you're going to have food in all three sections. Because now you're trying to get full. You, <laughs> you're trying to eat the little cup on the side too. No, you just you eat enough to take your medication, and then you continue on the fast. And after 6 p.m., y'all can, you know, you turn up, do whatever you, do whatever you want to do. Does that make sense? All right, so, and lastly, we'll be meeting here for the first seven days from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. We 6.58, we actually get you out of here. You'll have nothing to worry about. We're going to pray for an hour for the first seven days of the fast. So that's going to start tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, we'll be here praying from 6 a.m. 6.58, it's over with. We shut down. You out the door. Get your kids to school if they're in school now. Off on your way to work, whatever the case may be. Now, I have some questions. They say, Pastor, would I be sinning or would I be against the fast if I get up before sun up, which would be up before 6 a.m., and I get me something to eat? Well, I have a different conviction than you. So my job as a pastor is not to teach or indoctrinate my convictions. My job as a pastor is to teach you what the Word of God says. So I'm not going to even tell you what my conviction is as it pertains to that. What I am going to ask you to do is put it before Holy Spirit, Right, And if Holy Spirit d tells you not to, then you're good. If you eat and you feel like, man, I'm doing this so I won't eat, but so I'll be full between 6 and 7, then now I have to ask the question, what's your purpose of doing it? Are you trying to do it because you're trying to avoid being hungry between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m.? Well, then you already know the answer to that. We don't even have to talk about that. And you don't need no scripture either. You're trying to fill yourself up so you won't be hungry. But, and part of fasting deals with fighting off the hunger. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. I clap if you want. I appreciate your enthusiasm. Um, and so it's going to be an amazing time. We're going to have a good time every morning. And I'm hoping that I will see all of your faces here, as many of you that can, to be a part of our fasting. We'll have a good time. And it's going to, again, it's just going to be amazing. All right. So let's get into the word. Let's get into the word. Um, got the fasting part out of the way. Praise the Lord for that. All right. So our theme our theme, the word of the Lord that came to me for 2022 is revive, not revival, is revive. Come on, say revive. Now, this word revive, I'm going to go over a little bit what I talked about on New Year's night. This word revive means to refresh. It means to breathe new life into. It means to renew. It means to energize. I like these two words here. It means to bring back. Come on, say bring back. It means to restore to life or consciousness. It means uh, to give new strength or energy to. Come on, say revive. And so I'm very thrilled about 2022. It's going to be an exciting year for the church. As a matter of fact, now listen to me very carefully. Every year for the church is supposed to be exciting. Y'all ready for this? We really, as, as the church, and please listen with both sets of your ears, because I'm, I'm talking to the church now. I'm not just talking to people. I'm talking to the church. We really should not have to be looking to the start of a new year for things to get better. It should 
always be good for the church. Come on, say always be good. The, 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 I, I ain't got no problem. Please listen, please listen so you won't miss me. Stay in context of what I'm talking about now. It should always be good for the church. Not sometimes. We don't serve an up and a down God, right? He's not a stock market God. He's not up sometime and then falling sometime. He, he's an always good God. So if he's an always good God, then the church should be the image of God. We should be an always good church. Are you listening to me? And so on Tuesday, December the 7th at 2.35 p.m., I began to inquire of the Lord what was his word to right way for us in the new year. And the Lord said, Jesus, he actually said like this, Jesus, I mean, he said, I heard that in my spirit, just like that, Jesus. Like, it was almost like he was saying, I ain't moving. I'm, I'm, what I had in mind for 2021 for the church, I still got in mind for 22. It was like he kind of said it sarcastically, Jesus. And then I heard Luke 4, verses 18 through 21. The Bible talks about how there was handed unto him the book of the, uh, of the scroll from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah is that, is that in the Hebrew. And Jesus began to read in the place where it said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Now, I, I want to stop here for a moment, because actually everything that we just read, a lot of times when we read scripture, well, let me say it another way. Let me say how I was going to say it. Let me say it another way. When we read those things right there, right, we think that it's like, well, it is for, it is for, come on, say it is for, but say it is for, it's relative to, but it comes from. Thank you. I like that. I like that. I like that. And I can't remember what I just... I, it is for, it's relative to, but it comes from. Say that again. It is for... It is for anybody that's brokenhearted. It is for. Say it's relative to. It's relative to anybody that's been in a failed relationship, right? And as a result of failed relationships, it is for, it is it's related to anybody that may be going through a, a traumatic experience and they, they have a broken heart. But But it's... My last one was, but it's... It's relative to, right? Or it comes from. It comes from, watch this, what we're reading right there is everything that happened to Adam and Eve. And what we've done, we read it and we say, oh, they, that's talking about somebody that had been in a bad relationship and they was, no, 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 no. That, when Adam and Eve ate from the tree, that became a brokenhearted moment. When they ate from the tree, they became blind. The scripture says their eyes were open, but they actually became blinded. So what, he, what Jesus is saying, I came to undo everything that Adam and them did. And in all of that that Adam and them did, now we have people who are brokenhearted because of failed relationships because Adam and Eve failed that relationship with me. Now we have people who are blind and seeing God's way because Adam and Eve ate and he told them that they was going to die. They were going to be separated from me so they wouldn't be able to see their way. 
So he's doing back now everything that Adam, he's giving back to the church, back to his bride, everything that was taken away from the bride because of what Adam and Eve did. Are you listening to me? And then the Bible says he closed the book. One translation said he rolled it up, he handed it back to him, and, uh, and he sat down. And the Bible says that the eyes of all of them were fastened upon him. And then the Bible says he said this day is this scripture fulfilled. It's fulfilled. It's finished. This right here, this is the completeness of what the church or what I've come to do for the church. And so when the Spirit of God revealed this to me, uh, it was that what the Spirit of God revealed to me was that God was not moved from what Jesus announced that he came in the earth to do. If Jesus is the head and the church is the body, then wherever the head is, the body should be also. Is that right? Put up that first John chapter 4, verse 17. Let's run with some stuff now. You know, lately the Lord has been dealing with me real differently, and I was really concerned about it until I talked to a pastor friend of mine, and he said that the Lord has been doing him the same way. Usually, uh, which I have the next three messages that I'm already supposed to preach, but usually God would give me scripture, he would give me points, he would out outline my entire message, then I'd write it out and do all the studying and stuff that I need to do to, to bring that message into fruition, right? But lately, God just been giving me statements. That's why, my, you know, my, my, my production team, and like where your notes at, I say, it ain't coming like that right now. <laughs> the Lord just be dropping up at 3 something in the morning. He's just dropping little statements off. And so I'll give you that statement, and then we'll allow Holy Spirit to just revelate on those statements. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17 says this. It's the operative part of the verse, and if any of you have ever, I've ever signed any of your books, if you will look in that book where I signed, I always sign it with this scripture. Because this is what the church should be like. It says, herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Here's the operative part of the scripture. Because as he is, so are we when in this world. And so that means then that the church right now should be bearing the image of Jesus. That that's our mirror. Not the world. Your situation is not your mirror. Jesus is the mirror. So as he is, and watch this, he's seated in heavenly places in Christ. Put up that uh, Ephesians chapter 1. Let's start at verse 19. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We're about to find out who we are. See, we've been allowing everything else to give definition to who we are except the Bible. And we keep coming up short. Now, let me say something right here. You can keep that up there. Um, I believe that the church, I believe we got to repent. And here's what I believe we got to repent from. I've heard many, many, uh, I call them a lot of them excuses. Because I don't think that when something happens, I do not believe, Leonard, that the church has to always try to give answer. So I don't know why COVID happened, to be honest with you. I pray, I have my belief, but I'd be lying if I said God told me. I don't know. And, and, and because I don't know, I'm not saying that other men of God may not know. I'm just talking about Vincent. I don't know why it happened. All I know is what God told me to do to prepare when I didn't know. So I, I'm not concerned why it happened. My concern on my concern is that I was prepared for what God said that I didn't know anything about. 
Does that make sense? I think the problem, though, is, is that when we find ourselves in a position of not knowing, we feel like we've got to say why. Well, why would you try to answer something that you don't know? And so we've heard a lot, you know, uh, God, now watch this. God didn't send COVID, but God had to allow it to happen so some people can get their relationship right. Okay, so did he send it or did he not send it? And is he like, okay, I'm going to allow that because I need to get some relationships right. Well, now what are you going to do about the people that died, that missed the relationship? So what I can say, I don't believe that God's had anything to do with COVID, that he sent COVID. Because the Bible says there is no darkness in him. Watch this. And the scripture says that as Jesus is, so are we. So if Jesus died on the cross, took sickness on the cross, on that body, they buried that body with sickness. When that body got up, sickness stayed down. So if sickness is still in the ground and the body rose up sinless, that means that if God sent it, he had to go down in the ground and get something he buried to bring it back up to put it on us. Don't make no sense. What is God doing using dead stuff to get our attention? When the Bible says he's the God of the living and not the God of the dead, it don't make no sense. But see, we eat the cake. Because God must have had something to do with it or else it wouldn't have happened. Not so. Man is in charge. If I had a brand new car and I gave you my brand new car and you bought that brand new car back to me wrecked, that's not my fault because the car is wrecked. That's your fault because you were driving the car. The earth is wrecked because the people that God put in charge, which was us, we wrecking it. Not because God wrecking it. The people who he put in charge. He gave the earth to man and told man to rob the earth. So when you say stuff like, "Why? how could a good God allow bad things to happen? Go back to my car. I didn't allow you to wreck my car. You were driving it. So man is driving the earth. If it's a wreck, it's because of man. It's not because of God. Because when God gave man the earth, it was good and very good. When I gave you the car, it was, ba- it was brand new. I didn't give it to you with re- I didn't give it to you on E. I didn't give it to you with the AC not working. I gave it to you good. You wrecked it. So the earth is being driven down because of man. Now, and if you want God to come, why God allow women to be raped? He's not allowing women to be raped. He's not allowing children to be sodomized. He ain't got none. The people that he put in charge, he gave earth to man. It's man's fault. It's not God's fault. And if man would get back to God, then we can see the downturn of a lot of this stuff that's happening. Are you listening to me? Now, 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 I believe, go back to what I said, that the church has to repent. Because COVID should not have affected the church like it did. Just listen to me. And I know... I know people died early. People got sick and died. They were Christians. What are you going to say about them? I thought God posed to heal them. He does. Healing is already on you. But are you doing what you need to do to see healing activated in your life? Are you eating right? Are you eating anything? You drinking all these hard liquors and you want to show folks you can put it down and it's killing your kidneys and your livers, but you, you want long life? How? You can't, you can't do stuff that rejects what God has given, right? You keep running the red light, at some point you're going to have an accident. 
So you keep running past what God prescribes for us to do in the Word, you're going to eventually, you're going to have an accident. And, and the sad irony is that some life accidents that we do with this body, dents can't be taken out. Are y'all listening to me? I'm helping you now. I believe the church got to repent because I don't believe the church should have gone through the same thing the world went through. We don't find that pattern in the Bible. If we look at the pattern in the Bible, whenever the world was going through, the church was increasing. The, the church was pushed into housing because they were being persecuted and because the laws had been changed to kill anybody that was talking about Jesus. But the church wasn't sick. Give me Deuteronomy. Let me show you the scripture. Deuteronomy 7.15. Now, I know, see, when Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve sinned, there's a difference between, hold before you put that up. We, two things happened simultaneously when Adam, when Eve ate of the tree and Adam ate of the tree. Degeneration and regeneration. Now, degeneration is, it, let me give you the definition of this word. Degeneration is the action or process of, I'm sorry, it's the process of being or becoming degenerate. It means decline or deterioration. So, now watch this now. We got the oldest man in the Bible, Methuselah. Then we go, it goes from Methuselah being 900 and some to 700 and some years old. Then another guy drops down. The, the next guy is mentioned, I think he was 300 and some years. Then another guy, then we get down to Abraham. He was 100 and some years old, I believe, when he died. And now we get to the place where we are. It's 80 to 120, 115 years, 110 plus years that you and I can live. 80 to 110 plus years. So now what? look what happened. Back in the day when they were closer to Adam and Eve, eating from the tree, they were still closer to God's way. It was 900 and some years. But now we see when they ate of the tree, degeneration. Lifespan drops. Lifespans drops. Lifespan. You know why? Because they're getting further and further away from the tree of life. Lifespan drops. Man becomes more knowledgeable of himself. Further and further away from God. Now, now, talk to me, class. 8.30 was a good class. You see my illustration? Let's just say my podium right there. My Bible is God. This is man. He's further. So now, not only has his lifespan declined, talk to me about some other stuff that's happening because this man is moving further away from God. He, all right, good. He's now separated from God. There's space now between him and God. That's good. Come on. So if there's space between you and God or space between you and your spouse, you leave room for other stuff to come in because you put space where there should not have been space. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Put space in your life. Come on. Talk to me about something else. You, okay, you get closer to Satan, yeah, you got, because you got space and Satan can easily woo you away. Okay, that's good, I said that. Come on, talk to me, talk to me. You can't hear that voice as well. Because, listen, because you're further away don't mean he going to talk louder. He going to keep the same volume he had right here. Same volume. But you further away, so you can't, watch this, you can't hear clearly, so you have to assume that that's what he said. That's good. Because I'm too far away to hear him like I used to hear him. So I think that's God. That might, is that what he's saying? Not sure. So I'm living life off of an unsurety, hoping that it was, but I'm not sure if it is. 
Come on, talk to me. What else? What else? What else? Come on. Come on. You can't hear him. Huh? It's hard to receive when you're further away from a thing. He almost got a pitch blessings to you and hope you catch him. When you were close, all he had to do was hand him out his hand to yours. But we farther away. Degeneration, man. Just get farther and farther away from God. Come on, I'm listening for one more. What's another one? What's another one? Huh? Mental state? Okay, well, your mental state a little different. Come on. You're not connected as you were. That's right, you're farther away. Come on, come on, give me. 830, give me the one I was with. Y'all know the one I came. Information is, okay, okay. Oh, got to work. Okay, you got to work now, huh? You can't see him. You can't, you can't see him as clear. Now watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Y'all ready? And he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. He will also bless thee the fruit of thy womb and the fruit of thy, and the fruit of which. And the Lord. I can't see what he's saying. And when I can't see what he's saying, what I'm subject to do is make up. And miss everything. See, right here is the truth. And the Lord take away from thee all sickness and will put none of the evil disease of Egypt on thee, which thou hast. I can't see that none. So a disease show up and, and where the truth said none, I can't read the nun, so maybe it is God. No, 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 no. It's not God, because if I was close enough, I'd have saw where he said he will put none, but because I ain't as close as I, oh, maybe God's trying to show me something. No, 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 no. Back at the truth, it said none. So where do you get God is trying to show me something from? Oh, you had to make it up because you weren't close enough to know. Maybe God got something to do with COVID. Well, when we get back up here on the truth and see what he said, he said, I will put none at verse 15 in Deuteronomy 7, 15. I will take away from thee all sickness is what the Bible say is what truth said, but I ain't close enough to know what he said. So maybe God's trying to show us something, church. Maybe God needed to close the church down. That, I don't see that in the scripture. That ain't what truth said. But we ain't close enough to see it because we got degeneration. Moving further and further. So now we just make up stuff. We got cliches that mean more than the word. Let go and let God. Heist up your wonder and let him in. We got more cliches out of folk about just be spiritual, you know, if you need to. Put a stone around your neck. Wash it, bury it when you need to clean it. You know what I'm saying? Dad folk talking to us. But when we get up here to the truth, degeneration. But something else that happened was also regeneration. Instituted at the same time. Adam and Eve seeing the first thing God does is cut an animal and put Christ back on him. He said, because this is how you were supposed to be, church. You never were supposed to get away from Christ. He tries to cover them. Now, they're, they're degenerating, but he's still trying to put Christ on them at the same time. He's like, church, you need to get back under Christ because God is always in the Christ. What is regeneration? Regeneration is the action or process of regenerating or being regenerated. Listen at this word, being regenerated. In particular, the formation of a new animal or plant issue. Watch this. Regeneration means that an organism regrows a lost part so that the original function is restored. So that the original function is... So why did, why did, why did Christ have to kill... See, Adam and Eve tried to put 
fig leaves on themselves. Now, I used to pick fig leaves for my granddaddy because he made fig preserve, and it's itching when you get up in them trees. So they itching. They're creating an itchy life for themselves. And God say, you want not post the itch. <laughs> he goes and puts skin on them. Watch that, because he wants them. He wants them to back to their original function and restore. He wants them revived. This regeneration is a natural process that allows plants and animals to replace or restore damage or missing cells, tissues, organs, or even entire body parts to full function. See, God always wanted man back to full function. When man ate from the tree, he lost full function. So God has always been about Christ. Come on, say about Christ. Now, now, here's where I was going. I want to say this real quick and move on. I think the church, we got to repent because here's what we typically do. When we read of people in the Bible, we know that the great uh, 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 major prophet Elijah, we know that he died of sickness. Then we know Epaphroditus in the book of Philippians. The Bible says he was sick nigh unto death, but he was sick nigh unto death. The Bible says for ministry's sake. So that means that if we understand the text, he didn't have balance in his life. He was outworking himself. He wasn't giving his body proper rest. Well, that's not a good testimony, but here's what typically happens. Instead of saying that sickness don't supposed to be in our house, right? Instead of saying that, if somebody gets sick, or even if the pastor gets sick, then what we will do is back up off the truth and try to soften the text. But it's not my job to back up off the truth and soften the text. It's my job that even if I get sick, to still tell you God is a healer and you shouldn't get sick. Are you listening to me? And so the church shouldn't have been closed down when the world closed down. That was our time as the church to be the light and say, it's glory over here. It's healing over here. It's we good over here. That's the pattern we see in the scripture. We don't see in the scripture that when the world went down, the church went down. We don't see it in the scripture. But see, because we're so far away, we have found a way to make excuse Rather than somebody say, oh, to the, no, no, no. Let me tell you something, what's going to happen? We're going to stand on this word, and we're going to do what this word say, and we're going to watch this word work, and we're going to let Christ shine. We got to find a way to make an excuse. And so I even woke up this morning, I said, God, if I've ever taught anything to try to soften the scripture, I repent before you because I didn't do my job. My job is to simply stand on the word. Let me show you to you in scripture. Now, I'm reading the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 7. We're going to go back that tape. I'm reading the Old Testament. You and I are under the New Testament, right? And the New Testament is a better covenant. Am I right about it? That's what the Bible says. We are under a new and better covenant. So then, I shouldn't have to read you the New Testament in order to give you proof. I should be able to read to you the Old Testament, and in your mind, you should say, well, in the New, it's going to be better. Whatever I read in the old, the new ought to be better, right? And better means, better is not at the level. Better means above where that level is. Well, let's find out where they were in the Old Testament. And then you and I should know that in our dispensation, which is a New Testament dispensation, it should be, it should be better. Watch this, Deuteronomy chapter 7. And he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. So if he was multiplying them in the Old Testament, we in the New Testament, we should multiply. Come on, give me my word. The word is better. My God, how you flunk a test that quick? I just gave you the answer that fast. If he multiplied them in the Old Testament, we read in the Old, you and I in the New, and in the New, it's supposed to be better. If he multiplied them in the Old Testament, we should multiply better. Good class. There you go. Get your A. 
He will also bless the fruit of thy womb, the fruit of thy land, thy corn, thy wine. Now, corn, wine, oil, anytime you read that in Scripture, those are pleasantries. Watch this. That's the good stuff. So he ain't talking about mediocre stuff here. He's talking about good stuff. So if they had good stuff in the old, you and I in the new, our good stuff ought to be. He's even going to deal with careers. The increase of thine kind and the flocks of thy sheep. They were sheep herders and an agrarian culture. And so he was saying your career back then was going to multiply. If we have a career now in the new, our career should be should be better in the land which he swear unto thy fathers to give thee. Watch this now. Thou shall be blessed above. Now that's to the church. That's to God's special people. We're supposed to be blessed above all people. There shall not male or female barren among you, which means if you are a mother here and, and you have, quote, been diagnosed with not being able to bear a child, you stand up in the face of the devil and you say, lie. I have a promise. I have a better promise that I will not be barren of days. And you, you look down and speak to your womb. Womb, you will receive seed and you will bear a child. If you're surrogate, it's because you want to. It's because you want to. But you got a promise in the Word of God. Oh, God, it get quiet when you talk like that. Watch this. Oh, among your cattle. Stop right there. Which means that among your cattle. Remember, when you hear cattle, it's talking about careers. Which means that if a believer start a job, start a career, it should not go down. It should go up. Are you listening to me? It, like stuff shutting down, we start. If it's shutting down because we started, it's because we shouldn't have started it. Because we have a promise that, and we're in the new, so it should be, it should be better. And so we should not be bearing among our cattle, our careers, our jobs should be bearing fruit. The only reason you should shut it down is because God said the season for it is over. But all this stuff we're doing in the church, starting stuff, and talking about where the Lord say my time is up. Lie. You probably shouldn't have started to begin with. Just tell the truth. I miss God. I thought it was. I was too far away to hear him, and I was trying to read from a distance and realize now that he didn't say it. Just tell the truth and shame the devil. I shouldn't have bought the car. I should have went used and not brand new right now. And then work my way up if I needed to to the better one. But I could have started where I needed to and worked my way up to it, but I decided, right? Okay, okay, okay. You don't want to keep it real. Next verse. And the Lord will... Now, now. Oh, God. See? And the Lord will take away from thee... Let me ask you a question. Is COVID a sickness? Okay. I'm reading the old. You and I sit in the new. So for us, it should be... It should be better. So let me ask you a question then. If I were to read that, sit that in the new and read it in the new, would it read and the Lord would take away from thee some sickness? No, because that wouldn't be better, would it? That would be a degeneration, wouldn't it? So it should be better, right? Okay, so then why was the church shut down during COVID? If it's supposed to be better for us, what's left outside of all sickness? Maybe swine flu is outside of all. Maybe COVID is outside of all. No, he said all sicknesses, all sickness, and will put none of the evil diseases 
of Egypt, which thou knowest upon thee, but will lay them upon all that. So sickness is supposed to be outside the church, not inside the church. Now, you don't believe me? I ain't got no problem with it. Let me show you the pattern in the Bible. Go to Deuteronomy. <laughs> See, this is a hard word right here. Um, let me show you. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, Psalms 105, I think that's where, where I need to go find that at. Go to Psalms 105. Let me show you something. Are y'all here with me? Man, I'm trying to get you so mad that you've been missing some stuff. And it's okay. God will redeem the time. Oh, there was no sickness. Where, where's he opened the book? I'm trying to find the scripture real quick. Uh, oh, God. It's in Deuteronomy. Okay, so they came out. There was not a feeble one among them. Come on, all these, all these, I got all these ministers in here. I, I know y'all trying to wonder where I'm coming from. I got, okay, let me, it, it's going to be Deuteronomy chapter 8. Okay, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Watch this. It's going to be who fed thee in the wilderness. Da, da, da. Uh, the Lord of God, Hamdi, Hungry, he might proceed it for the years. What is it? 105 and 37. Uh, yeah, I just looked at that. Yeah, yeah, okay, but I'm going to find it in Deuteronomy too. It's in Deuteronomy. It's going to be in Deuteronomy. Um, ooh, help me, Holy Spirit. Show it to me so I can move. Oh, yeah, okay. Deuteronomy chapter uh, 8, start at verse 2. I'm going to come back to 105. I'm going to show you that. that that's, that's, a, uh, that's, a cheat, that's a a cheat sheet version right there, but I want to go to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Start at verse 2. Watch this. And thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, which... Uh, which the, and thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. Now, you do understand that in the wilderness they're in disobedience. They're not in sin, but they're in disobedience. If you would read the study of the Bible, watch this now, from across the Red Sea into Canaan was supposed to be 11 days. So listen at this. Going through was non-optional. Listen, going through. Through the wilderness was not optional because it was the only way that they can get to Canaan. Going around it was a choice. Watch this, watch this. We're not supposed to go around. The church is always, the church will always go through. You ready? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll feel no evil for thou with me. Not around the valley. So if you ever find yourself walking around, it's because somewhere you're in disobedience. There are 40 years in the wilderness not because it was the plan of God. There are 40 years in the wilderness because they're being disobedient to God. Watch this. And every time they got around right here, there was the trail to Canaan, and they couldn't see it and walked around again. And they walk around again, and there come the trail of Canaan passing up. And God, instead of trying to get them to turn, and they miss the trail and walk around again for 40 years. And a whole generation had to die walking around until a young generation rose up and said, hey, if we just turn right here, we'll get there. Amen. Watch this. Led thee the 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee, to prove thee, to know what is in thine heart. Whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no, I don't have time to talk about how the translation of the verb was translated from the, uh, from the, uh, from the permissive to the causative. So anytime you read most Old Testament scriptures, they read as God did rather than God allowed. Like God, God uh, sent fire serpents. He didn't have to send fire serpents. They were there all the time. 
He didn't have to send them. When they got from up under the obedience of God, what, what the obedience was covering them from, when they got from up under the obedience, they saw it. It was right there all the time. So you got to be real careful when you read, like when I had you in Deuteronomy, he said, I'll send none of these diseases on me. God ain't up in heaven with, with, his, with, with diseases in his hand, sending diseases. I know that's the picture that scripture plant, but that's not true. Listen, he came because Jesus sitting on the hand and Jesus died of all diseases. So he can't have disease and Jesus on the hand at the same time. Praise the Lord. Oh, help us, Holy Spirit. Humble thee, prove thee. Uh, where am I at? He humbled thee, suffered thee to hunger, which means they didn't hunger. It didn't mean, it didn't, it didn't mean they hungered. He let them hunger. That means he did not let them hunger. Fed them with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did their fathers know, that he might make thee to know man does not live by bread, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So the word of God is food. Why? Look, look. Okay, we're reading in the old. If we're in the new, it's supposed to be better. They're in the wilderness. They're in disobedience. And in disobedience, their clothes didn't get old. In disobedience, their clothes didn't get old. In disobedience, their clothes didn't get old. In disobedience, their feet didn't swell. Forty years around in the wilderness, man, and feet didn't swell one time. Clothes didn't get old. I'm talking about the, the Gucci shirt looked like they just got it off the rack the day before. Where you buy that one? Man, I done had this thing on for a week. What you talking about? <laughs> for 40 years. <laughs> I saw somebody with tags in their clothes, but that was a joke. I ain't going to say nothing about it. Thou shalt also. They say they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't get sick. That was not a feeble one amongst them. Thou shalt also chasten the dog, chasten his son, so the Lord thy God chasten thee. Go to the next verse. Therefore, thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord to walk in his ways. Okay, go to Psalms 105. I want y'all to see this. I'm going to pull out of this real quick. Psalms 105, look at verse 37. Look at verse 37. Watch this now. We spo it's supposed to be better, right? He brought them forth also with what? Still talking about them coming out of Egypt. He brought them forth with what? God brought the fo forth the people with what? I'm in the old. If it's in the new, it's supposed to be better. Silver and gold. There it is, and there was not one sick person among their tribes. Everybody that got sick in the Old Testament, the tribe, from a tribe perspective, they got sick because they got away from God, not because they were in God. Everybody that was in God never got sick. Go to Numbers chapter 20. Uh, go to Numbers chapter 20. Let me, I got nurses in here. Y'all going to like this. Let me show you where y'all symbol come from. Y'all think man made that symbol up. Man didn't make the symbol up. God got man to make the symbol. Go to Numbers chapter uh, 20. Numbers chapter 20. We're going to read verse 1 through 8. Then I'm going to go to verse 21. Your symbol is really Jesus. Y'all do know that, right? You nurses, you work for Jesus. That's why you need to pray before you, especially you, before you go in and you're working on people's bodies because you work for Jesus. The, your symbol is a type and shadow. That nurse symbol is a type and shadow of Jesus. Here it is right here in Numbers chapter 20, if you ever wonder where they got it from. Uh, and the Bible says, um, well, let me paraphrase that. You can get it in Numbers 20. The people, were, they were in the wilderness. They were hungry. They asked God for water. You know, they were talking about, you brought us here to die. And uh, God told Moses, you know, lift up the rod and speak to the rock. Go there to verse, uh, verse 7, for the sake of time. Uh, uh, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, watch this now. Uh, take the rod, gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron, thy brother, and speak. What did he tell him to do? 
speak unto the rock before their eyes, and it, the rock, that's Jesus, shall give forth water. Remember, Jesus said, I am the living water. That's what it's talking about. That's a, that's a type of shadow of Jesus. So watch this now. He's trying to get the people in Christ, even in the old. Water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation and their beast drink. Moses get mad. Moses took and beat the rock. And Jesus said, God said, because you smote the rock instead of speaking to the rock, you were not going to the land of Canaan. Now, we go one chapter over. I don't know if that's years or months or whatever the case may be. But in Numbers chapter 21, beginning at verse 5, the people find themselves in need again. In need again. And the Bible says the people spake, they spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loatheth, loatheth and whatever that said right there. <laughs> I didn't see that. And the Lord... Yeah, loatheth this light bread. Now, they just ate a chapter back. Why y'all tripping? Just talk back to him again and he'll give you some more water. He'll give you some more bread. But they trip every time they fall into a situation, just like the church, every time we fall into something, what you doing, Lord? Why you doing this to me, Lord? Lord, say, why you, why you blaming me? Stop tripping. I'm a supplier. And the Lord, now here it is. He didn't send fiery serpents. They were already there. If you go back to Deuteronomy, he said, who led you through this wilderness of fiery serpents? So they were there all the time. Because they said what they said, they got from up under God by speaking against him, and they saw what God was covering them from the whole time. Right? So fiery serpents of the people, they bit the people. Much people of Israel died. Because the former scripture said they were talking against God. So you can't talk against God and be on his side at the same time. You can't burn sage and be on God's side at the same time. Thank you to the baby. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned. They're going to repent. For we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. That's why y'all better love y'all pastor, man. And the Lord said unto Moses, make thee, here you go, nurses, make thee a fiery serpent, set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall what? So people should go to the hospital and come in contact with nurses and doctors to live, not to die. That's, that's the illustration right there. So Moses did what he said. You say, well, how do you know that's Jesus? Well, give me John chapter 3, verse 14. You'll find it from old to new. John 3. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man... Notice now, when Moses lifted up that serpent, watch, the serpent represents sin being lifted up before God, and those who look to it will be saved from what the serpent did. That's a type and shadow of Jesus. You see that? Not that Jesus is a serpent. Jesus took away the sting of the serpent. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? It is swallowed up is what the Bible says. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men. That's why the sinner looks to Jesus and their sins are taken away. That's why the people come to the nurse and the sickness is supposed to be. That is the corresponding illustration of the two. Are y'all listening to me today? And so the church, let me go back to this so I can close. Oh, I'm two minutes over time. Let me close this up. The church is supposed to be excited all the time. 
We've got to become the bride that he has called us, you and I, to be. Last scripture I want to give you in Mark chapter 1, verse 14 through 15. We'll read that, then I'm going to read it to you in the Passion Bible, and I'll let you go because i got to build on this revive because, listen to me, precious people, we have got to become the bride that God made us to be and not the type of bride that we choose. Are y'all listening to me, man? And, I, and I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm just... I'm beseeching you by the mercies of God, and I'm just, I'm pleading with God to touch your hearts for the next Sundays to make it, I don't care, I don't, listen, I'm not concerned with where you are in life, I am concerned with where you are in life right now, but I'm not concerned with where you are in life right now in that you shouldn't be to church on Sundays, because I've been there, I've come to church with the buzz on Sundays. Because my mama told me, if you're going to be out all night, you better not miss the Lord's Day. So I took that to heart, and I was in church on the back row, eyes red, but I was there. Are you listening to me? And now because I was there and stayed committed, I'm here. And I'm, what I'm saying is I don't care where you find yourself at on Saturday. If you don't have to work on Sunday, you need to be in the Lord's house. You got to stay up under the covering. You got to keep yourself protected, man. And all this stuff, they, they've spent the last five years talking about the church, dumbing the church down, getting you to dishonor it to make you feel like you don't need it. And I've not seen one person that made the choice to get away from church whose life is just, just the bomb.com. None of them. Because I'm getting DMs. I'm like, I just saw you smiling and, you know what I'm saying, taking your back shot and you were just as happy. Talking about you living your best life and now you telling me you just as depressed. How is that? So you lying to the world, making them think it's all good and it's not. And my, my response to them is, I ain't seen you in church. Yeah, I know. See, you got the best of me right now. You get some of me in counseling session. You get the best of me right now because I'm in the anointed position that he called me to. And I'm a vessel to be used of God to speak to you. But if you miss the God moment, you can't blame God and say he ain't telling you nothing. Praise the Lord. You've got to reinstitute honor back to the and honor for the pastor in the house of the Lord, regardless of what other pastors have done. Amen. 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 Oh, God, help us, Holy Spirit. Where did I say I was going to go to so I can get out of this? Yeah. Now, after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee preaching the kingdom of God. Watch this now. Beautiful text. And saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and do what? Now, I used to always hear that scripture all the time, like somebody was pointing in my face. Because, you know, you remember the, the, the people be on the street, want to get you say, repent, repent. And so every time I read that scripture, I always saw that person in my head, repent. And I was meditating on that text because that's the scripture he gave me for revive. And I'm like, I don't see that, Lord. You're you going to revive. You're going to breathe new life into. And this man in my mind pointing his finger at me. He said, well, that's the problem. You listen to the man and not to me. He said, that is one of the most exciting things I've ever said. Don't answer that. That's one of the most exciting things I ever said to somebody. He said, there was no harm. Not a lick of harm meant in that word. He said, actually, if you knew what it really meant, it was an invitation. It was a life invitation. 
Look at it in the Passion Bible. I love how the Passion Bible says. Later on, after John the baptizer was arrested, Jesus went back into the region of Galilee and preached the wonderful gospel of God's kingdom realm. His message was this. At last, the fulfillment of the age has come. It is time for the realm of God's kingdom to be experienced in its fullness. Turn your lives back to God and put your trust in the hope-filled gospel. It was an invitation to come and be able to experience fullness of life. It was an invitation to come and get back in your life what Adam and Eve did to take stuff from your life. It was an opportunity for you to come and be revived. And we thought all the time it was some mean man pointing his finger in our face saying, repent or go to hell. That is not what he was saying. It was a loving invitation to a body that he loved that was lost to come on back. Now, man, all things have been fulfilled and you can get this good life back and start living it up. That's the church. All this stuff we, now listen, you're going you're gonna to have trouble. You, this life is not a life without trouble and facing sometimes setback and bumps in the roads. I have this statement I make. Every obstacle is a stumbling block to my divine appointed destiny. So anytime Satan, Satan throws a stumbling block in my way, brother, I'm just going to use it as step up on it to see where I'm supposed to go. The, the Bible did not promise us that we wasn't going to have a bumpy ride. It didn't promise us that we weren't going to have a bumpy ride. But it assures us that we'll always have a safe arrival. So don't get caught up because you're having a bumpy ride. No way in Scripture did it promise us everything was going to be smooth and, and cherries. No, 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 no. It's going to be rough sometimes because you got an enemy that don't like you. But don't ever put it up on God trying to do something to you because it's not God. He's in the arrival, not in the ride. The ride will be bumpy, but God is in the arrival. And this is the victory that overcometh the world our faith but we got to get dressed and we got to get suited right as a church for we're we not suited right man oh my god we we outside of God but we've been regenerated you've been made new in Christ 2nd Corinthians 5 17 says if any man be in Christ he's a new creature all things are passed away that word creature means he's a you are a new species of being in other words you've been regened Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. This bride is supposed to be so glorious. The church is supposed to be so pretty. And so when things are going down in the world, man, they look over there and see who we married to, man. It looks so pretty. It looks so juicy. They'd be like, man, y'all better run over there. Y'all better run to that ark of safety. Y'all see them folks over there? They still increasing. They still going up. But no, 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 no. This last season, we was right by them. The only thing was hope. The only hope people had. Listen, listen, open your eyes. This will open your eyes. The only hope that the world had was hospitals. Wow. And he's the hope of the world, Fabe. And the only hope people had was the hospital. The only hope they had was the hospital. And the Bible says... Jesus preached the kingdom, and they brought everybody that was sick, possessed of the devil, and he healed them all. So I repented, just in case. And I'm just going to stand before you and tell you what God say we supposed to be. 
I said on last Sunday, I asked the question, what woman in here would become the bride of a man that couldn't take care of her and just had sickness for her, wanted to leave, let, let her live a tent life? Right? No, no, no sign of breakthrough, nowhere. She's just going to have to live at that state because that's what happens. You do know that when the bride marries the man, she actually becomes him. It's more than just taking on the last name. You actually become him. Now, think about that. Christ Jesus is our bridegroom. We're the bride. When we get married, we took on him. That's why the Bible says, as he is, so are we, because we take on him. Well, a real bride, a real, and, and every home is different, I got it. But, the, but God's order of a bride is that her job is to marry a man and manage his affairs. Y'all ain't sleep, are you? Did you hear what I just said? Now, you work if you want to, but the way God's really set it up for the woman is that when she married a man, he has so much that her job is to be his helpmeet to help manage his affairs. Now, if God is the bridegroom and we the bride, that means our sole job as the church is to manage God's affairs. We're supposed to be managing the kingdom of God. That's what the scriptures say. But we're around here working like we're still in Egypt. Not knowing that we've been married to a bridegroom that has everything that you and I need. He's an all-sufficient God. But do we believe him as such? Have we been even taught about him like that as such? So that we have full confidence in his ability to meet our every need in our lives without the aid of sense from evidence. So I'll be talking about this revive to get you to understand. I'm done. I, I, I just saw a clip of a movie in my head. I think it was in Coming to America. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Don't leave alone. She all right? I appreciate it because y'all old folks, ain't, I mean, sorry. You older people ain't talking. The young folks talking. The, the babies talking to them. So let the babies talk. Suffer not the little ones to come unto me for such is the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. <laughs> It was two guys on coming to America who had fallen down to a very low state. They found themselves in a place that they thought they'd never see themselves at in their lives. They are living on the street. So much so that they're all the way down on the street. But a man walks by and drops a bag off on them. And the guy wakes up, he opens the bag, and he sees in the bag the state where he had once been. And he looks at his friend and says, hey, we're back. How many of you saw that part of that movie before? I come to let you know that man sinned and man fell down to a lowly state. But God came and dropped Jesus by. And he's just waiting for you to look in the bag and lift your head up and say, we're back. You're not in a fallen state. You're not a wretch undone. If you're in Christ, you are a new creation. And you got to start living like you're new. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm back. I'm not selling for anything less. 
You're going to wear, I prophesy over you, you're going to wear the best. You're going to eat the best. You're going to go first class. You're not going to be ashamed. You're going to live a debt-free life. You're going to be blessed to live and blessed to give. You're not going to be sick, walking around here taking all this medication. You're going to live a long, healthy life, and you're going to celebrate God. You're going to leave an inheritance to your children's children, and you will not be ashamed. Say this with me. Come on, stand to your feet. We're done. Say, Father, I thank you that I've been bought with a price, that I belong to you, that I'm your child. And from this moment forward, I refuse to live a life that is beneath the life that you sent Jesus to die for, that I might live. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am blessed going in and I'm blessed coming out. My storehouse is blessed and running over. My body is blessed. My body is healthy and strong and my strength is daily renewed. No evil shall befall me. No plague shall come nigh my dwelling i am blessed i'm rich i'm abundantly supplied i have more than enough in jesus name satan the lord rebuke you i cast you out of my home of my mind of my money of my family of my life in jesus name and i receive only God's best. I receive only God's best. I receive only God's best. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on and shout about it. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. <laughs> Praise your name, God. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. If you were changed by this message today, help someone else by sharing on your social media platforms. You can partner with us to continue to reach more people by giving at rightwayccc.org or on the Givelify app. Make sure to subscribe so that you're the first to know when a new episode is available. Thanks for listening.